Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's mentally yours and we're back with another podcast from Metro.co.uk. I'm Ellen and I'm Yvette. This week is a very special week. It's Mental Health Awareness Week. And to mark this week, we're putting out a podcast every day. Today we're talking to Emma Gannon, who is basically an extraordinaire on all things internet and life and careers. We're going to be chatting to her today about a particular section from her new book, The Multi-Hyphen Method, which deals with money and the future of work and how it's quite stressful when we're going into a less stable work future that doesn't have static salaries and those kind of things that you can depend on. But she's going to tell us about how we can deal with that stress and feel comfortable going forwards. So over the next couple of days, we'll be chatting to different people about stress and money. That's the theme we've chosen for Mental Health Awareness Week. My name is Mark Rowland and I'm a director at the Mental Health Foundation. So we undertook the biggest survey that we think has ever been done on stress levels in the UK. And what we found was that 74% of us had been unable to cope or experience feelings of being overwhelmed. Uh, over the course of the last year, that's three quarters of us. And so we also found that, especially for young people, over 80% of young people were saying that they'd experienced uh, high levels of stress. So something that was really concerning. And I think our big, our big message is to take stress seriously. We take uh, physical health concerns seriously. We know that obesity is a major problem for us as a country, and 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 yet we are less focused on the impact of stress. And arguably, there's more we can do about stress. We'll hear more from Mark later this week. Over the past few weeks, we've spoken to a lot of people about money and stress. When I went out chatting to people about money and stress, 
Something that I found quite interesting is that before I was actually recording them talking, some of them might mention things about maybe being on benefits or kind of like the kind of, I suppose, the, the things that are really hard to talk about um, in terms of money. But then actually when we were rolling, it was harder to get them to go into detail about those things. I suppose it is because there's kind of stigma around that kind of thing, probably as much so as there is around certain mental health issues. But that I found quite interesting. There was a few times, it's like especially me being a student, having a part-time job, having to pay rent, being especially in a creative um, school, adding materials to that, it gets quite stressful. Sometimes within two weeks of paychecks, you just end up on zero and then having to struggle. <laughs> it's such a, a personal thing, and you do worry about who you can confide in, um, and you do try to kind of uh, solve the puzzle that's going through your mind uh, you try to solve it yourself sometimes it doesn't get solved so it just remains and it kind of links in with stress as well so if you can't solve your mental problems it links to stress uh, it could lead to depression affect your social life so yeah mental health is always a difficult one and do you think you'd find it harder to talk to a friend about mental health issues or money issues uh, I'd say probably mental health. I mean, like, I've got quite really close friends that I know are there for me in terms of if there's any financial issues or anything like that. Well, I'm studying abroad here, so I don't have a, like, actual source of income, so I've got to make what I've got left work. And I, I only have two more weeks left now, but um, I'm always, like, watching how much I spend a week and how much I spend even a day, and so it's just kind of all-consuming, really. If you're feeling stressed about money or you want to share your own story, get in touch with at Mentally Yours on Twitter. That's yours spelled Y-R-S. Or come join us on Facebook. We're Mentally Yours. So now it's our interview, lovely Emma Gannon. So, Emma Gannon, in your new book, The Multi-Hyphen Method, there is a whole chapter on money where you're talking about the future of work and not having one steady, kind of stable income. How do you deal with the stress of not really knowing where your money is going to be coming from? So, yes, there is a chapter on money in the book. I didn't want to come across as if I was some sort of financial expert. Like, people listening who know me will probably be bursting out laughing by me even saying the words financial expert. You know, I'm not in any way some sort of supervisor in a bank telling you what to do. Like, I'm just a person living my life learning things along the way. But I have learned a lot recently about how to juggle multiple income streams. And it's made me so much better with money because I found that having a salary, a regular income, of course, which is good as well, um, made me so lazy and mm. so forgetful and just so complacent. And now, because of that irregularity of the income, actually I need to watch it a lot more closely. So does that just mean you're more aware of exactly how much is coming in and going out? So I track it much more closely and also don't get too cocky, I suppose. Like, I can have a really good month and think, oh, I'm going to times that by 12 and I'm making loads of money, but that's not necessarily true. It could be 
see that March is a crazy amazing month and I'm making like twice what I would make in my old job and think wow that's amazing but then April could be super slow and I think you have to take into account patterns as well so I've been doing this for a few years now and I can notice kind of May has two bank holidays in it for example August weirdly everyone goes on holiday you just have to notice where the peaks are I mean I haven't been doing it long enough to really spot those formulas yet but I just have them in the back of my mind and also I have a lot of freelance friends and we all sort of share that sort of the patterns I guess that we learn. Do you find the irregularity of it stressful at all? The thing is it's not that irregular now because in my book as well I talk about how you should try and have some sort of regular stream of income so for example I have um, sponsors of my podcast and I have clients who I work with where they'll sign up to working with me for five or six months so actually I know that I'm kind of my basics um, is covered. I know what my bare minimum is and I think it's really important to know that like what can you just live on Mm. and what could you need just to pay the very basic bills Mm. and then from then on you can um, start saving. Yeah definitely and you were saying I think what you're talking about where you have a salary and you become more lazy um, I definitely think that's true because you can be like well I can just not work much this month and that's fine whereas for you I'm guessing that's not the same situation how do you make sure that you're still giving yourself kind of regular breaks but not worrying about money at the same time I suppose like most people who are self-employed I have money jobs Mm. and I have jobs that I take a hit on and actually might do for free I mean I hardly ever work for free now but for example if I'm promoting my book I'll go and do a talk and maybe they don't have any budget but I really want to do it and the audience will be amazing so um, really it's just a bit of a balancing act and I always treat it as if you take on a money job which um, someone compared it the other day to being like a jobbing actor you would take a big shiny job to then maybe go and fund this tiny little theatre show you want to act yeah, in. Yeah, like more indie film. Yeah, and actually the thing that makes your soul jump and sing and become alive is actually because you did this advert that you don't really care about. It's always um, a balancing act in that way, I think. And to other people who are kind of experimenting in freelancing and kind of multiple jobs at the same time, and they may be new to it, what advice would you have for them in terms of dealing with the stress of money and making sure they don't become overwhelmed or broke one thing would be try and get someone in between you and the people that you're working for in some and I know this is kind of hard advice because it means paying someone else to do something and you might not be at that level yet but when it comes to chasing invoices if you can outsource that in any way even if you get your friend to do it or even if you make up a fake email address or even if you get like a virtual assistant Mm. try and get something in between you and the financial team because you they're more likely to pay the invoice on time if it's not coming from you chasing I mean that is like a really rogue bit of advice that's genius um, though I know a lot of people that have done it and I actually hired um my sister's friend to help me out with invoices because just it coming from another email address not yours puts a layer of kind of boundaries and respect around you as the worker also you're entitled to compensation and mm. lots of people don't know this no no one knows that about you late fees. yeah late fee payments actually if it's late you are entitled to I think it's 40 pounds mm. so yeah I think being really confident around asking for things to be on time because cash flow is really important yeah definitely and also just asking for things as well like honestly I get a lot of pictures from writers who won't ask about payment or be like oh, are you sure you want to pay and it's like of course I'm gonna pay you <laughs> like that's yeah. I just want people to be more like empowered of knowing what they're they should expect I think yeah. and not feeling shy about being like no I need money for these things I know and I still get it now where I'll have like 
a long email that someone sent me really pitching for me to do this piece of work and I'm reading it and I'm and I'm scanning it like where is the mm. money mention it's not at the bottom it's not in the middle you can't expect someone to read a whole entire email and and not for that to be the top of their top of their mind mm. so I think you from the other side people should really respect people especially well anyone self-employed or not but be quite upfront with how much money you're going to get I think in general we're uncomfortable talking about money from every side do you think that's something that's going to change in the future with kind of the future of work changing at the same time i think so i think we're going to have to be because if the research is true that we are going towards more of a kind of contractual freelance world whether or not you like that that is sort of happening so i think we, we can't live in a world where people think oh you're a freelancer i'm not going to pay you for three months like the world's going to stop we're not going to have any money i think we need to get much better at um, being confident and not embarrassed about asking for it yeah and i think it's kind of fr- coming from a culture of feeling grateful I think feeling grateful is is a good emotion. Of course, it's a positive thing. But I think when feeling grateful outweighs your confidence to ask for more, you can get really stuck. And I don't know whether it's because, and I mentioned this in the book about being a millennial and graduating into a recession, I've always felt so grateful to even have a job. And you really need to get out of that mindset because if you're grateful for the bare minimum, you're just never going to get a pay pay rise. I'm taking that to heart, actually, because I definitely still have the whole, you can't complain about this, like you're getting more money than you were and stuff like that. It's quite difficult. You know, your goalpost move. So actually you, sometimes I think, oh, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. And then I check myself and I'm like, no, that was a good opportunity for you three years ago. Come on, you need to, you know, and especially as being self-employed, no one taps you on the shoulder and gives you a pay rise. You have to give yourself a pay rise how do you give yourself a pay rise as a self-employed person i suppose i always go off the highest amount i've ever been paid (laughs) like if someone's like oh here's the budget and we want you to do this and i think wow that's a good amount then if someone else asks me to do a similar thing i'll go off that do you ever feel that you have to kind of justify it to yourself or is that kind of emotion you're used to it now it's taken a bit of getting used to because it's only been in the last two years i've earned quite good money Mm. people think that you earn a lot if you're visible people think for example people with loads of twitter followers are rich it's not true YouTubers, some top YouTubers have lots of money, that's true, but but you can't really just look at someone's following and think that they've got money, you know, it doesn't work like that. So I think people might have assumed I had more than I did, Mm. but in the last few years, it's really, really started to pay off, um, literally. And it's weird because I'm now going from, oh, I love what I do and I don't care how much money I have, to actually making money feels really good. And yes, it's not the only definition of success, but it is a way of feeling like you're being valued, yeah, you know, definitely. like it feels good. And I think we need to stop being embarrassed about saying making money feels good. It's been a masculine trait for so long. Like we, we don't like Donald Trump. He has loads of money and he's really annoying. You know, I, you don't want to be this person who is a money grabber. Yeah. But at the same time, you want money because you I, I personally have good intentions as well with it. I want to make money so I can create more jobs Mm. and I want to make money so I can give money away. Yeah, I want more money so I can adopt cats (laughs) and look after them. Yeah, and I want more money because money is freedom and money is power and money is choice. Yeah. Don't we all deserve to feel more secure? And also, 
another thing that I found interesting is I've become more confident because I have more security. And so I find myself voicing things more because I'm like, well, I've got money. Yeah. And so that's when I'm realizing how negative and damaging money has been when all of the men have it because men sit back in their chair, not giving a shit what they say mm. because they have loads of money in the bank. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have any money, you've got to be careful what you say. It's just... No, I think that's massively it's true. It's really important that women become more rich. I haven't thought of that at all. And also that means that the people who are maybe taking different routes to success might feel less able to voice things. If someone's just starting out, how would you suggest they kind of get a sense of what they should be getting paid? Because I think it's quite difficult, even writing. I would have no idea what's a standard amount to ask for for an article. What's the best way to find that out? That's a really good question. And I actually don't know the answer to that mm. because it changes and fluctuates so much. There's magazines out there who will pay up to like a thousand pounds for a print article, but then there's also online publications that will be like, I'm really sorry, we only have a hundred pounds. It's a sliding scale. Yeah. It also depends sadly on your profile, I think as well at the moment with this kind of rise of the personal brand. You know, whether that's a negative or positive is up for debate because it's all, it should be about the talent. But I think a lot of um, magazines, for example, are commissioning bigger names because it will get it out there more. What I do recommend is having a WhatsApp group or having some sort of private Facebook group of individuals who are going to share. Luckily, I've got kind of a community of people now where before we take on a job, we kind of ask each other, That's what do good. you get paid? And it goes, it's the same for kind of really random consultancy jobs. Some friends will just, and it feels really good when people text me saying, hey, what do you think I should ask? Mm. And they love it when I ask them. You yeah. know, it's not an annoying question. It actually shows kind of how much you support each other. Do you find people are open about that? There's yeah. no like kind of shiftiness about saying, well, they paid me this much for it. No, there isn't as much kind of secrecy. And mm. I have a theory to this, which is, salaries are really secretive still yeah i never told anyone my salary and when i did once all hell broke loose because a friend at the company found out how much i was on yeah. she then went to the toilet crying because it was it was oh more than God. her and it was like a can of worms yeah. had opened and it and it was really awful and so actually sharing a salary can really rock the boat even though we should be transparent because yeah. of the pay gap and stuff but it's really your salary is like weirdly personal whereas fees for projects aren't I don't think mm. because they're kind of case by case why do you think that is I don't know because if I said to you now oh you know I got paid 500 pounds this morning for doing yeah. it for doing a panel I'm not giving away like how much I earn yeah how much you earn is very personal what you got paid for a job isn't I think no I think and that's so true. I think that's why on Facebook groups and on WhatsApp groups people are very open about projects but not so much about salary no. if you told me I got 500 for this project for me to figure out is this person earning more than me i'd have to count up everything and do a lot of maths yeah. whereas and Sally's also, instant. the more you ask for the more you're helping your fellow self-employed people um, because if you do it for 50 pounds then the person who next to you will go and get offered a, that job and they'll go well emma did it for 50 pounds mm. and you're stitching everyone up yeah so you need to ask for the most possible in order for everyone else to then earn more as well and that's important in terms of not working for free as well yeah because the second you do it for free, you are saying, well, other people do it for free as well. Yeah. And do you know what? The biggest companies out there will try and get you to work for free. Yeah. Because they want you, they think it will look good on your CV. And Massively. that annoys me so much, especially tech companies. It's like, you have so much money. Come on. Exactly. And it's frustrating because the people who are more established will know that and be able to say like, no, 
I need money. Whereas the people who are starting out and who are younger and less experienced are the ones that are going to struggle with it. Coming back to kind of stress and money and the emotional side of things, you seem like pretty comfortable now. Are there any moments where like you do feel worried about money at all? I suppose everyone gets a bit nervous and weirded out around like tax month just because it's up to you to put away that percentage whatever that percentage is you know you're meant to put away like 40 percent into another account because it's not your money like it's tax money so that's another thing for when you charge a a fee actually you're not getting all of that Mm. because some of that is going to national insurance and tax and vat and all the other stuff so actually and and i have an agent so uh, they get a commission so actually what you're left with is not the full amount. I have an accountant, but um, they still need all the information. So it's still a lot of admin to even give it to them. And then they do all the breakdown of it. So that's a little bit kind of, I'm still not in my comfort zone with that stuff. I hated doing my taxes. Like I found it the most stressful thing. I always thought I had done something wrong and that I would just get a call from like the tax company being like, you've evaded tax, you're going to jail. I know, because it's so important to get it right. And it's so confusing. The whole system is terrifying. Would you say that an accountant is the way to go oh 100 percent. and they're not cheap though that's something to flag Mm. is you know mine is okay he's in the countryside he's really lovely man i I don't know it's weird to say oh you should definitely get one Mm. if you're not in a position to get one maybe you can't maybe you have to do it yourself but if you can afford it and even if it's a little bit of a setback i would say it is worth it just just for your peace of mind yeah i think the stress of doing that for a few years i would just say just get an accountant if you can afford it i'm a writer i failed maths gcse i don't like spreadsheets and i think just having the knowledge that this person has sorted it out nothing bad is going to happen is just such a relief i think it's definitely worth it if you can afford it and for anyone else who's kind of going into these new forms of work what's kind of your best advice for dealing with money making sure it doesn't become overwhelming and at the same time not letting it completely take over your life worrying about money my advice would be to let technology help you in some way i think back when you would get a letter with your statement on and you know not being able to check it so quickly and um even having to go online to check your balance i think we're quite lucky now that we do have apps that kind of break it down i use starling bank which is kind of like monzo Mm -hmm. and there's loads of others out there but essentially it breaks down what you're spending into a pie chart and it shames you a little bit if you're spending too much on pret sandwiches and it just shows you where it's going and also another good thing about it is that there's no lag Mm -hmm. so you know sometimes back in the day where you check your bank balance but it wasn't up to date and it would yeah and it would be like five days out of date so you'd be like oh I'm fine and then suddenly it would all come out and you'd go actually I have no money this is and I'd lie awake at night just trying to work it out like what have I spent and I think all those mental kind of maths of it all I think you can remove by apps and also I think setting up as much as you can that's automated Mm. so just set up regular outgoings um, try and have a spreadsheet where every month you just know what's going on I definitely treat myself to stuff but I also know that treating yourself to something that you can't afford isn't worth it like it's that new thing is not worth sleepless nights so if you can wait until a time where 
you know that you can do it. And I'm only saying that because I used to spend money I didn't have and it really it, it's the worst kind of thing to keep you up mm. at night. You know, like the Marie Kondo stuff. Yes. Like I don't I don't I didn't like I'm not like a huge fan of that or anything and I still love stuff. Yeah. But it is nice to know that you don't need stuff all the time. 100%. And money is really great, but I do think that um I've stopped that kind of retail therapy thing yeah. where actually I think to myself, do I need to go and spend that? I could actually make myself feel better by doing something else. Spend the money you want, but no, um, I, had that. I got really into minimalism. I've been stuffification and something like that. Oh, it was about yeah. how stuff is overwhelming. I wish it had changed my life, but I do still overspend on things. But I think the ethics of that is basically um, spend on things that have a purpose, and that purpose can be that it'll make you genuinely happy. Mm. Just don't buy things for the sake of buying them. Yeah. I feel really preachy. I'm not a preachy no, person. No, no, no. But it's just that I was such an overspender um, that I've had to rein that in. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think I can give out advice on money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm following it at all yeah. because I am overspending on food and clothes and everything else yeah also it feels really nice to give yeah. like I'm definitely that person that if I have a good month I will be like I'll buy this to my friends which no one expects me to do that yeah. but it's just it, I don't know there's something in me that's just like well if I have it I want to give it do you ever feel that urge kind of too much because I sometimes will be like well I have money I don't want this person to be struggling so I'll loan them a lot maybe where I shouldn't do that have you ever felt that well, I read an article that Elizabeth Gilbert wrote once, and I think it was in O magazine, that Oprah's magazine. Oprah. Um, I'm like, that Oprah. Oprah's magazine. The Oprah. <laughs> the Oprah. And she, when she got really rich with Eat, Pray, Love, mm. she basically lent all of her friends loads and loads of money. And I think she allowed one of her friends to even stay in her house or basically she overdid it with being generous yeah. and actually it started to break down those friendships because it was so unequal and so I think you just have to be careful that you don't overdo it because it will put a pressure on that friendship either you'll start kind of resenting it or they will feel so imbalanced like they can never repay you yeah. so actually I think as much as you want to do that and it's a lovely thing to do it's not it's never good for a friendship to be that imbalanced mm. I think it's not um basically not thinking of the future of stuff so a lot of times I think oh I'm in a really good place right now yeah. I'm fine lend the money and then a few months or a year later I'm like I really wish I hadn't given away that money well that's what a lot of people I guess do even with payday it's like feast or famine or something oh, where yeah. like you basically think you're minted on the Friday and you go out and spend it all pra practically and then you live on like baked beans for the rest of the month Thanks very much to our guest, Emma Gannon. And thanks to Luna, who supported this week's series of podcasts by helping us out with the research. If you'd like some help with mental health and money, head over to Rethink Mental Illness's website. They have some really helpful resources there. Mentally Yours is a podcast from metro.co.uk. Our producer is Sam Bonham. And we'll be back tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 